jump in the line, rock your body on time. Okay, I believe you, jump in the line, rock your body on time. Okay, I believe you, jump Gather round, ye merry, and enjoy... I don't get it. The pop culture get off my lawn kiss. Actually, it's more like a Christmas thing, but I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with it anyway. But anyway. yeah, this is this is not our Christmas episode. This is not a Christmas a episode. Late. That's true. Uh, this is our what? Wait, wait. This is our well, a few days late. Our Groundhog Day spectacular. Groundhog Day. Right? Every episode of spectacular is cuter, or or uh, Black History Month spectacular. Just a few days into the situation. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing Black History Month about this episode. So it's this not. this podcast that you were listening to with your own ear holes. <laughs> okay. It features the open amount of musings of two mid-40s curmudgeons uh, who stare down the prospect of entertainment or relevance, as you guys all know by this point. So I'm your co-host, Bill Scurry of American Caesar Enterprises, which is just a guy with a guitar singing his heart out. <laughs> I'm joined, as always, by this guy over here laughing. <laughs> I'm picturing you, like, leaning over a guitar, like, being honest with an audience. It's yeah. a very incongruous image. Yeah, um, yeah. Have you ever played guitar? Have no, you ever no, taken no. a guitar, single no. guitar lesson? No. Nope, nope, nope. I, no. I took a few lessons I wanted to learn, but I could never. I'm not good with instruments. I can sing, but that's it. Uh, yes, who is that I of which I speak? I am Noah Tarno, founder, senior quiz master of the Big Quiz Thing, the trivia game show, Spectacular. Good morning, Bill. Uh, it's you, a lovely morning here on planet Earth. It is, and actually uh, in Amsterdam, where I am, we're, we're anticipating, first of all, sub-zero temperatures for the first time. Sub-zero Celsius, I should say. For for uh, veteran uh, imperial uh, system people like us, it's only going to get down to about 21, which you know is a balmy New York March afternoon but uh, apparently snow is on the way uh to the netherlands in a quantity it hasn't been seen in decades which probably means really as much as six inches so you know this is one of those things like when you would hear uh, a blizzard hitting virginia and they would freak out and life would grind to a halt for eight days i think the dutch are a little bit about that because they just know how to handle snow because you got that 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 Gulf Stream air comes in the same weather pattern that hits England. You know, we eventually reaches us uh, as it winds its way around the North Sea. So uh, yeah, a blizzard is kind of an occasion, and I'll, I'll let you know how it uh, how it goes after it arrives in a few days. Whatever blizzard. Being so wait, case. does it does it never like typical winter? It doesn't snow once in Amsterdam. It never got cold enough, and what I would hear from old timers, really, is what they would do is they would um, they have gates on the canals. Uh, so what they would do is actually close the gates, which restricts water movement. You restrict water movement, you create a still body of water, and a still body of water can freeze as the water approaches, you know, zero degrees Celsius. Mm. So then, uh, people who were in the seventies and eighties remember they have memories of ice skating on the canals. Uh, but it's really hard to get to that point. It's been maybe one day a year it gets to the kind of temperature that could freeze water. But the snow itself is a pretty rare event, much less sticking to the ground. Snowing falling from the sky is one thing, but sticking to the ground is a different thing altogether. You're listening to the Amsterdam Meteorological Cast. Yes. Starring... Bill Scurry. How's, how are your uh, Dutch lessons going, by the way? I haven't asked you about that in a while. Oh, God. It's, it's a disaster. I mean, I'm sticking with it. Really? I, I do. Yeah, I do. Good for you. I do 90, what is it, 95-minute lessons a week and, you know, copious amounts of homework. But uh, as people tell me, even in the Netherlands, the worst place for you to learn Dutch in the Netherlands is Amsterdam because everybody here speaks Why? English. Well, they speak English, and obviously, once it becomes apparent that you're struggling with the language, they toggle to English. Yeah, they move to English so like totally. But that's all of your, especially if they know you're an American. Like I remember uh, visiting Paris again 15 years ago, and I was trying to, you know, dig up my old high school French, which I had gotten okay at when I was a kid. But I, you know, I remember going to tourist places and trying to speak to people in French, and they would answer me in English. Oh, yeah. I remember having an entire conversation with someone where I spoke French and she spoke English, and I was an American <laughs> and she was French, and and somehow we understood each other. And the entire conversation, I was speaking shitty French and she was speaking not quite as shitty English. Uh, um, but you know what? It worked. I guess we both got what we wanted. I don't know. It's interesting you mentioned that because today I went to the liquor store around the block and uh, the dude who I've, you know, I've known since I've, I've come here, it's one of it's one of a few liquor stores I, I, I parse out along the <laughs> Cause, way. Because if there's, if there's one guy Bill knows in his neighborhood, it's the guy who runs the liquor he's, store. He's my, he's my hookup. He's got some bourbons in there that I need. Yeah. So uh, he understands that uh, I am a, an expat living in the neighborhood. Believe me, I'm not the only one here for sure. 
Uh, but uh, he starts speaking Dutch, and I and I have to crane in, and I have to say, you know, in Dutch, I say, sorry, either long, uh, can you can you please repeat that, or can you please repeat that slower? And he would toggle to English, I would say, the first uh, 78 times I went in there. And then he starts saying something like, you want to speak Dutch with me? And I'm like, well, I don't want to, but I think I have to. He says, okay, he goes, I tell you what, you come in here, I will speak, you'll speak Dutch together. And he's saying this in Dutch. And I'm like, okay. And then I switched to English and I said, I'm counting on you to keep me honest, my friend. So then, uh, yes, I, I assume that my liquor store guy, in addition to the coffee, the guy I buy a, a bag of ground coffee from, are happy to converse in English just because it's not a congested tourist spot. You know, if you're trying to buy tickets for the Anne Frank house, they don't want to deal with your stunted, uh, abortive tourist Dutch. They just want to get the transaction over with. But if you're dealing with a neighborhood type, then I think they really don't have a problem of letting you into the Dutch language circle. In fact, they kind of, they're appreciative of the fact that you are studying their language. So that's the response I've gotten here so far. So what are we talking about today? We go from tales of uh, people opening their arms to uh, welcome a new person in, in the spirit of inclusion, to, I would say, uh, typical American shittiness. The idea that you can fuck over your neighbor in uh, climate. <laughs> hey, no, well, a big, a big story we're talking about is Canadian shittiness, That's true. Too. It is Canadian shittiness. That, yeah. All right, so Anglo shittiness, yeah. let's put it this way. Exploitation. North, North American shittiness. North yes. American shittiness. So our topic is yeah. vaccine line cutters or i guess if you were from the uk vaccine cue cutters um i don't know did we actually agree uh, line fact? jumpers we were saying jumpers, jumpers hence our, jumpers. our opening song yeah, yeah jumpers. that's true jumpers opening cutters song. jumpers it's the same so uh vaccine line jumpers are that group of people who i'm sure you already have a preconceived notion of uh they by hook or by crook they jump the queue to receive their one slash two injections of the coronavirus ahead of others. Perhaps even, you know, you're talking about ahead of people who are in a higher risk bracket or have been indicated as you get first preference. These people are the ones saying, no, nah, fuck that. I'm going to hack this and get in there myself. So uh, the first people who were made eligible were teachers. And I know a few have already been injected. I'm sure you do too, Noah. Um, older people. Uh, older people with susceptible compromised immune systems, uh, places, you know, people like that. There are some these delineated populations which make plenty of medical sense. We all understand. And we went into this with the expectation that that's who would get there first. However, the safeguards have proven to be very easy to vault over if you're of a mind to do so. Uh, I mean, there's all sorts of different ways. We'll, we'll get into this. So people have used their wealth uh, to gain access to doctors who will write them a letter, you know, or they themselves will massage the rules. You know, they'll, they'll lower the safeguards. Or we've also seen where people blunder into a situation where no proof of eligibility, which I think in most cases, I'm reading about in New York City, a proof of eligibility is sort of, you know, requested in the um, manifest, but then once you arrive at the site, you can pretty much just say, yeah, my name is Miller Fillmore. I'm, I'm in here. So <laughs> the, the upshot is that younger, white, wealthier people are putting the older, sicker, and minorityer uh, behind yet again. It's, it's, a t it's a tale as old as time, uh, and here we are discussing it on our show. So thus far, a few high-profile avatars have arisen for people to hurl their brickbats at. So we've had a uh, Hamptons celebrity stationary bike trainer, Soul Cycle bike trainer named yeah. Stacy Griffith. She bluffed her way into a Staten Island site and and then had the the good sense, the good clean common sense yeah. to to, yes. to advertise yes. it on Instagram. Posted on Instagram. Posted on Instagram. <laughs> we were saying this. It's really there's a cliche that like it's always simpler to tell the truth, and it's I mean I don't know I don't think she was flat out lying. But like, it's just when you're an asshole, life gets more complicated. Yeah. Uh, and, and they're just more pitiful. Just so long. Yeah. yeah. This, this is not some 23 year old. This is a like a 51 year old woman. Like yeah. this yeah. is somebody who should know better. Uh, this was not. So but she was claiming she was an educator because she teaches soul cycle classes outdoors to rich people. If you if you hear the sound of creaking, that's from the noose over the rafters uh, uh, that I put around my neck as it slowly swings back and forth <laughs> from Noah's uh, listening. To his, but by the way, total side note, but something funny is soul cycle is a she teaches spinning classes. Yes. And I remember years ago having a girlfriend who went to spinning classes. And she would tell me she'd go to spinning classes and like. I didn't really understand what it was at the time, so I pictured spinning classes. As you learn, it's it's like the guy on Ed Sullivan who's spinning the plates on the sticks and the that 
kind of thing. Like that's what I pictured spinning was. So I pictured her going to a class to learn how to do See, that. See, I thought you were going to say um, um, whirling dervishes from Turkey who who do those that sort of waist skirt. Well, but that that at least strikes me as good exercise. Mm-hmm. You know, like you want to take a class to do that. That doesn't seem that crazy. Oh, You'd probably find a class to do that in New York. No, uh, but, but but spinning plates doesn't quite sound so. Trivia question: anyway. Do you know what that song is called? Yes. It. Uh, I actually remember learning it. In sixth grade, where they gave us like a primer on like the most like like half a dozen standard classical songs, and whatever it was, we all thought it sounded like the music from Pee Wee's Big Adventure, which it was, or no, yeah. it wasn't obviously. No, it wasn't. But it was, was all right. It was original it, music. It, da, da, it sounds like da 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 da. But that's it's a motif. What's his name? Danny Elfman. Yes, but it's based on it's based on this piece of music. Well, maybe, maybe that is by. I'm gonna guess here. Was it Masorgsky? No, I don't know who. I know the name of it, but I don't oh. know who wrote it. What's it called? It's, What's it it's called? called Saber. I don't know shit. It's called Saber Dance Perens Gayane. Uh, Saber Dance Gayane. G a y e n e h. Gayane Saber Dance by Alfred Newman, Aram Kachaturian, and Hollywood. Well, this clip, Hollywood Bowl Orchestra Saber Dance, Aram Kachaturian. All right, I was way off of Masorgsky. Saber Dance is a movement in the final act of Aram Kachatorian's Guyana, where dancers display their skills with sabers. Is Kachat- I'm reading off Wikipedia here. Is Kachatorian's best known, most recognizable work? All right. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, so okay. where, where was I? Yeah. So we we last departed from our topic. We were talking about the stationary bike trainer Stacy Griffith, who again, like I said, is not a kid, but but fucked up the line on Staten Island, put it on Instagram, and then caught a lot of hell for it. And it was other this other total douchebag. This guy, this this Vancouver millionaire. Middle-aged slash elderly guy named Rodney Baker, uh, who, with his wife, the young actress Ikaterina, who herself was, what is she, about 14 years old, 15 years old? No, I actually looked up. She's like 32. Okay. But they took a private plane to somewhere in the Yukon and smuggled yeah. themselves onto a First Nation yeah. site. Yeah. And, and lied and said they were local motel employees. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm like, <laughs> a, a, tears are streaming down my face as I read this, 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 this deception and cruelty. It's, it's horrifying. Anyway, so yeah, it's and, and these are just two examples. Well, yeah, the, I, mean, the, yeah. I kept digging and I found there are all these like hospitals or old age homes where like wealthy donors are getting their friends in yeah, there to get shot, yeah. to get the shot, and and yeah, I mean, keep going. But there, there are. These are just two of many stories. Yeah, so I mean, right? The, the, these are these are targets, and every movement needs targets. And and Noah can tell us more about that. But uh, there, there. Here's the thing: is there are younger, savvier people then who make a legitimate what what they consider. I'm not expecting you to buy this. They make it. They make a, an intellectual case for their actions, saying that. Yeah. Uh, young people, since they're the primary vectors of the virus, that they that they should be the ones. Do you want to talk about herd immunity? Started with the people who were coughing nitrous oxide on each other at these fucking parties in the woods. Give it to them first. And I'm not saying I agree with this, but that is their, you know, rationale as people in their 20s who are very savvy and, and organizational and whatnot. I mean, this is this is yeah, this is you know, in in terms of the sort of post-COVID topics, you know, this is just again one of the thorny ones. This isn't sourdough. Let's put it that way. It, it's it's, it's a, there's a lot of spiky ends here to catch your finger on like a thorn. So Noah, let me, let me ask you, what? Tell me tell me your impression of vaccine line jumpers. Uh well, there's there's multiple things going on here at the same time. Um, you know, as with many topics we look at here. I feel like we need to step back and say, what exactly are we talking about? What is the issue that we're giving our opinion on? Um, and I guess it's the line jumpers themselves. I mean, those those prominent examples of Rod Baker and his wife and and Stacey Griffiths and uh, the rich real estate barons from New York who flew their friends down to the 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 nursing home in Florida. That the guy is like chairman of the board of or whatever. Um, there was an interesting article I sent you from the Daily Beast about specifically about young people, not just these old folks, but young people who are are uh, they're, they're starting groups online, like hey, hang out outside a hospital. Uh, that that was really interesting. It was very fascinating, man. Yeah, at the end of the day, you know, one of the problems with the Moderna and the Pfizer vaccines is they have they need to be stored at certain temperatures and they have a limited shelf life. And there are stories, very true, that tons of doses of the vaccine have been thrown away because the systems are inefficient. So at the end of the day, what the fuck do I do with this? I got no more old people to stick it in the arms of. I guess I'll give it to this rando 
So they're saying, hang out inside a hospital. Maybe you'll get stuck at the end of the day and you'll get the vaccine. Or people lying, saying, yes, I'm an essential worker. No one checks my pay stub. Or people in L.A., there's a letter saying, I take care of my child who is disabled. And people Xeroxing the same letter and no one looks at it closely. So fine, okay, you need this. Or I'm, a, I'm an essential worker, but I'm a volunteer. I'm not checking the stats to see whether you're actually a volunteer. Okay, come on in. I'm going to give you the shot, you know. So are we talking about those people? Or are we talking about the system, right? There is that the headline of the New York Times article you sent me about Stacey Griffiths. I think is very accurate. Don't whatever it was. Don't blame the the players. Blame the game. You know. Don't hate the players. Hate the game. So are we blaming these selfish people? Or are we blaming a system that makes it so easy to get away with this? These loopholes are the size of the St. Louis Arch. You know. Um, now the people who take advantage of the system, I even think there's a continuum there. Uh, the people like these young people who expose the flaws, I wouldn't do it. It's not to be commended. They, they come up with excuses. Oh, well, we're, we're the real vectors. So we're helping with the issue because the fact is the more people who are, who get the shot, the, the better off we all are really, you know, the, the virus doesn't distinguish between the virtuous and the, and the, and the awful, right? That's true. So yeah. the fact is it is good that there are more sheer numbers, even if they're not the most efficient people to have it. Versus the people who are gaming the system and flying and claiming that they're Native Americans in the middle of Yukon. Not Native Americans, Inuits, First Nations, whatever you want to call them, uh, in the Yukon. Those people are worse. Um, you know, uh, there's a continuum there from outright assholes to just, eh, you're, you're gaming the system, you're a bit scummy, okay. And then if we're talking about the system, the fact that our federal government, you know, basically surrendered to this crisis for months and is only now starting to deal with a problem and it's not just their fault you can't put it all at the feet of this criminally wicked administration that we just freed ourselves from you know decades of, of civic neglect in this country has led states even with people who give a shit running them completely unable to handle such a job uh even if they had had full federal government support and that's just very sad so i'm saddened by this issue I'm angry at the assholes who are trying to game it. I'm angry at what it says about American civic pride and responsibility. And I mean, some of these things are centuries old. The idea of when crisis comes down, you only look for yourself, look out for yourself and your family. And also it's easy for me to say it because I'm relatively safe from this. I don't have to go out. I don't have to ride public transport. I don't have to have a public facing job. I've stayed busier than ever in my career from the comfort of my own apartment, you know? I have the luxury to say, don't be an asshole. If my life were at risk, I might not, you know, I might be more sympathetic to people who feel that. Again, continuum, the people who really feel it versus the people who um, just me, 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 give me mine, give me mine, give me mine. I'm angry at the assholes. I'm annoyed with the people who are gaming the system and then justifying it. Oh, uh, I, I don't want stuff to be thrown away. Oh, I might be young, but I'm a vector of this. You know, well, why are you a vector? Why are you you're a vector? Asshole, right? Yeah, that's true. Because you're, you're hanging out with your friends, heedless of whatever, you know. Um, I'm angry at them, but I'm really furious at the people gaming the system. But, but what else is new? And I'm just sad about when the U.S. faced a crisis, the U.S. is failing. And it's just... It's it's horrifying. You know, this country that I still love and have a lot of faith in just faced with a an epochal crisis. We uh, it called our bluff and it showed that America really cannot handle crises. And when the chips are down, we cannot come together and solve a problem. It's it makes me sad. Well, if it makes you feel any better, the Netherlands is only a half million people or so into the, uh, you know, and to be honest, we have 18 million. So a half, it's like, oh, great. We'll be done sometime in October of 2028 at the speed that they're going. Typical uh, Northern European Dutch timidity, you know, the idea that, oh, let's not act too quickly. Let's think about this. And, and that's exactly what's kind of screwed the Netherlands in every single bit of this so far. But uh, we're not talking about the Netherlands here. We're talking about these idiots. You know, it, it's the fact that I saw this by reading the Stacey Griffith story first. That was my entry. And then I read the Rodney Baker story, the, the, the Vancouver casino magnet, who, who, you know, of all things, 
I mean, it is quite literally, it's stealing a baby's lollipop and then pushing the uh, pram down the steps like it was the battleship Potemkin, yes. you know, as the... L- literally, 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 that's what it quite is. literally. As Bill said, yeah. You know, and, yeah. you know, know what it's worth, this, this Stacey Griffith lady, I read a story about her, the Time Style section did a story about three or four months ago. About how yes. this, um, and I love this, Time Styles, almost as good as the Times Ce- Real Estate. Celebrity, that, that Times article is great. It says, what's depressing about the story, other than the fact that there are celebrity spin instructors. Yeah. Just that little aside saying, <laughs> the simple fact of this woman's career is depressing. But, but anyway, go ahead. She was, uh, Stacey Griffith was the rebound. There was this fashion designer. I can't remember her name. doesn't matter. She was divorcing her husband. She was coming out of the closet as gay and or bisexual or whatever. But at, she was she herself was close to she was in her late forties. She you know was um, you know resculpting her body and and restarting her life as a sort of celebrity divorcee. And then she found Stacy Stacy Griffith. Um, so they became this sort of blonde cut lesbian power couple in New York, which you know is is just like that's the first time I'd heard this woman's name, Stacy Griffith. And I'm like, oh, okay, so she's, she's just a, a trainer. I mean, she's a celebrity trainer, which is even worse. It's, I've, you know, owing nothing to whatever her orientation is, is that she's just this person who thrives on attention and, um, you know, keeps her body tight because it's an arms race with everyone else who's 51 or 52 years old. And, you know, what she needs people to do is look at her and say, oh, my God, she's amazing. She looks like she's built like a surfer. And that's how old she is. Jesus, it's like she's got the fountain of youth. So I completely believe that she showed up at the, you know, like thinking, I'm entitled to this. And then she put the frickin' uh, picture on Instagram. It stayed up there for a couple of days until the ignominy, the massive tidal wave of ignominy, made her take it down. And of course, people captured it. If you're looking for it, you can still find it. And issue issue an apology, issue a very, you can argue with its its sincerity, Sincerity, but she certainly... She certainly uh, she prostrated herself. But I mean, we're at the, we're looking at the feet of social media. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot of like you said, that's a thorny issue. There's a lot of things you can blame the the the, the lastitude and the intransigence of the of the outgoing administration. The uh, you know, however successful the Biden administration has been so far, which I would say from a distance seems like it's more successful than their predecessor. Yeah, but, Trying to, but but this is well, duh, it's not hard. Yeah. I mean, giving half a. I mean, literally, Trump made other than trying to get the vaccine done, and who knows how much credit they get for that. They did nothing. They did, nothing. They did absolutely nothing, and they intentionally did nothing. It wasn't an omission. It was. It was. They quite literally did I, nothing. Uh, it was intentional. I, I think some of some of them it was intentional. Some of them it was like Donald Trump. It was like I just want punch the problem in the face. Oh, you said the vaccine will take a year. How about six months? He literally said something. Yeah, how about six months? Like he's like he's gambling. He's pushing his chips in. So I mean, yeah. Stacey Griffith and Rodney Rodney. You know, these are these are terrible celebrity quote quote unquote celebrity people who are easy to throw brickbats at. You know, and it's like some of the younger people who are using software to come up with algorithms and or groups. <laughs> like there's there's something it's like, are they zero sum about it? Well, they're, they're millennial about or I don't know what what demo they're coming from. But it's like they are thinking of it differently. I mean, they are nihilists and they may not say it, but this is me applying an outside judgment of their they're nihilists because they're living in a world which has no meaning. And what difference like it's it's fucking um, power ups in 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 uh, 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 Fortnite. You know, it's it's a thing on the planet Earth that it's like. Does it cost somebody anything? Are you running over to a little box of ammo or whatever it is in, in Fortnite? I mean, I'm vastly simplifying this, but to, to some degree, the value of human life over the last year for them has been extreme. Has been downgraded. Stacy is the Soul Cycle legend. Griffith, who's appeared as a Soul Cycle master instructor on network TV, apologized today, saying, "I made a terrible error in judgment, and for that, I am truly sorry." Why are people doing this? Why are? I mean, it seems self-preservation, but like more than that. Why are people jumping the line? Why are young people manipulating the system? Why are old people, you know, using their money and influence to cheat, to lie, to circumvent whatever has been set up to supposedly distribute this vaccine in the most efficient, equitable manner? I like to think that 50.5% of this argument could come down to a life or death scenario where people are watching the death toll, rightly fearing it and thinking that, you know, the, the, the role of the dice in terms of is, is my pulmonary circulatory system the one which would be ravaged by this virus? Because we've, we've established that it's not a respiratory virus. It's, 
it is a circulatory virus. It, you know, it attacks the cells, everything having to do with blood, um, and it kills your body. So some people go through a, you know, they just lose their sense of smell, and some people are in the hospital for six weeks, and they're intubated the whole time. So who wants to roll that dice? That's the kind of thing I would assume. It's like, well, that's the life or death scenario. The thing is, we're also seeing just as many, or maybe just slightly as many, arguments of people who are... Um, they want that feeling that they're life hacking a solution, you know, yeah. that, that, that they've managed to beat something through ingenuity. And, and, and look, ingenuity, it certainly is. It is dimensional thinking beyond what I'm capable of. And this is why these kids in some cases are MBAs or in better programs or smarter or they're, or they're freaking, you know, Queen's gambits. And I'm I was sitting out here talking to you on a microphone. Um and, and, and here'd be the worst part of this about why it's popular, Noah. And this is this is the most cynical element of this. And on some level, it's true, but maybe not as, as much as I would think, which is I think that some of the younger, more able-bodied people, they just want to go back to, to, to botching themselves, you know, living dissolute lives of partying in the woods, huffing uh, uh, nitrous oxide. Uh, yeah, but when you're a kid, can you blame them? I mean... That wasn't us. That's very natural. It was. It was natural. I wanted to... I wanted to I mean... I, I was too respond, but in hindsight, I should have been. Okay, but not, neither fun as neither you or I, you know, well, have, we were we 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 lost out on a lot of stuff. I don't blame kids for wanting. I feel bad for kids that they don't get to that that a year of their youth. I don't want to say stolen because it's not that bad, yeah. but like, it's not their fault. No, it isn't that they want to be young and free and a little reckless. There's a little reckless and there's a lot reckless. And going to a party where you're hugging all your friends and you know, hooking up with someone of whatever sex you're attracted to and partying and all that, that's not irresponsible if you're 19, But there, there's old. also an incredible lesson to be learned from having to adhere to something harsh and real that is out of your control and that it sucks and that abstinence and or holding back and or recognizing that um, you need to put off gratification, not even instant, but gratification, period, for an indeterminate amount of time, you have to hold up into infinity until this thing winds its course. Uh, that is that is the lesson I learned when I was a kid. And if you put this this patience, I'm, and I'm I'm not sitting here preaching patience to everybody, but I think that um, you know, as somebody who follows a lot of Walt Disney World blogs, you know, because I've been a theme park guy for years, I see that there's an entire segment of American tourists, and granted, they are pretty much in the South. You're talking about Florida, Georgia, Alabama who never stopped going to Disney. Well, the minute it was open, they went right back to their lives and bitched. Yeah, but we're not talking about 19, 20-year-old kids. We're talking about adults who are supposed to be more responsible. Yeah. Let's draw a distinction. But I mean, the YouTube channels are a mix of 24-year-old bloggers and 48-year-old, you know, dining bloggers who write about, oh, here's the new the new thing on the menu at the Crystal yes. Palace. Yes, I, I will criticize the 48-year-olds. I will not criticize the 18-year-olds. To an extent, yes, there is a level of responsibility you should have when you're 18, 19, 20. But hanging out with your friends is is totally forgivable. Sure. Look, I, I you know what, I, it occurs to me, I'm, I'm coming across as judgmental. And what I'm merely trying to do... Yes, you are. What I'm merely trying to do is explain why it's popular. But I, I think you have something more to say, though, about it yourself. Why? Because people are awful. Americans have been... Uh, people are selfish in general, especially when there's a crisis. And people have been encouraged to be selfish by decades of this country. You know, certain forces saying freedom means you get to do whatever you want whenever you want to do it i mean we've been through that in a dozen topics right this idea that freedom means i get to i have no consequences from this action for my actions this myth that freedom of speech means no one can criticize what i say that's completely untrue it is selfish it is immature i will accept that from a child i will not accept that from an adult and part of the reason our our country is in such a disaster as we were being run by adults acting like children. For four years, we had a president who acted like a six-year-old in so many different ways. Um, but as that Times headline say, don't hate the player, hate the game. The system is too easy to cheat. This would be impossible anyway, a, a, a thing of this magnitude, and without governmental support, without adequate, you know, this is what government is for. We could not have defeated the Nazis if you if you farmed it out to the, the states. states. This is what big yeah. government is for, to deal with global crises. And I'm sorry, World War II, uh, building the highways. That wasn't a crisis, but an opportunity, right? And dealing with coronavirus. These are things you need the federal government for. And yes, there is blame to be shared by local governments, but it trickles down. Um and this might be, I don't know where else to shoehorn this in. It might not be relevant here. 
But there's an argument in some of these articles that I really thought was compelling. It said, look, yes, these systems are fucked up that it's so easy to cheat, that these loopholes are so big. But people made argument, maybe the loopholes need to be big, right? Think of who some of the most vulnerable people are for this. Uh, the elderly, right? Uh, people of color and minorities, because they, you know, they can't stay at home to work. And they have to go on public transportation and they have to take care of elderly relatives because they, they don't have the resources to farm that out, all that. You know, these are people who it's been compared to the idea of having to show voter ID, right? Yeah, yeah. Like it right, needs right, to be right. easy to get your shot. It can't be the system where you have to you have to have tons of pieces I you don't speak English that well maybe you have to show ID you have to show ironclad proof right uh, you have to be web savvy to sign up in the system which that's a problem in a lot of places apparently like maybe it needs to be the honor system to say yes I am a vulnerable population that genuinely needs to this needs this maybe there has to be this tolerance for a certain level of, te- of cheating and gaming the system by dishonest actors so that the people who really need it can get it there was a story about in Washington Heights in New York, uh, the armory was set up to be a place for a vaccination center, right? And they're like, this is a neighborhood full of people, you know, low-income people, people of color, immigrants, people who English is their second language, right? And and people there are like, oh my God, I've never seen so many white people in Washington Heights because tons of people from white people, privileged people from Midtown Manhattan came up and got the vaccine. And you, these people are nurses or medical professionals or volunteers or whatever you can't ask them to 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 you know check that they're um authorized pay stubs and double check these things and and legally confirm that these people are actually who they say they are you can't put that responsibility on them that's not their job that's true so maybe it needs to be easy to cheat now the comparison with with voting id is the difference is there's a limited amount of vaccine another way the government has failed there's no limited amount of ability to vote on a on a voting day at least theoretically right there's a limited amount of vaccines so we 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 really need to have rules about who gets the vaccine now and make other people wait so you know there's going to be some bad actors but why are they cheating because people are selfish because americans especially are selfish modern americans especially are selfish but there has to be some cheating built into the system it's sad but it's true I just wish we could count on people to be a little more honest. It's believed the pair flew from Vancouver to Whitehorse on January 19th. Two days later, skipping the mandatory 14-day quarantine, the Bakers chartered a flight nearly 500 kilometers away to Beaver Creek, Canada's westernmost community near the Alaska border. That's where they allegedly lined up outside one of these mobile vaccination clinics posing as workers of the local motel. Think back to when you were a kid. Is this uh, vaccine line jumping the kind of thing that you would have liked to have done? No, I don't think so. Although reading, you know, I, I've always been unfailingly honest to my detriment in many cases. So as much as I feel like it's scummy now, I would have felt I would, you know, I'd have been more afraid as a kid that I'll get in trouble. You know, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, for yeah, yeah. It. I remember, ooh, someone's going to come down on me. I'll go to jail. My parents will be disappointed in me, something like that. But on the other hand, you know, talking about kids and, and they have the right to feel a little more reckless. I think what I might have done is like these young people mentioned in the Daily Beast article, I would have been more quick to justify my selfishness, right? If I was, if I were able to game the system and get a shot being thrown out at the end of the day, I would have been more quick to say, well, you know, I'm more of a victor. Well, I'm taking advantage of inefficiencies in the system. It just would have been thrown away. I'm not taking it from an 80-year-old person, blah, blah, blah. So I think I would have been while in general, I, I, this might be contradictory. While in general, I would have been less likely to try to game the system. If I had gotten a little peer pressure to do it, I would have been quicker to justify it. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think totally. Um, I mean, uh, yes, you know, like we, 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 at the intro of this thing, we were dancing on the fact that a lot of the players in this are, in fact, who we would term as kids. So, yeah. I mean, I think I've talked on this show on a few other topics about I live in a world now where I believe in the fair play principle. Um, you know, I, I try yeah, not to I, do anything that would be unfair, but I also expect fairness given to me at the same time. It is. It is. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's that's the, the way I live my life. And I know it makes me naive, but that's it's how life needs to be. It's that's the way it should be. And I, I think so. And I, 
And again, yeah. whatever whatever privilege I have as an adult allows me to do so. However, I'm gonna I'm gonna you know step off this for a second to say, look, when I was a kid, when I was in my teens and twenties, as a product of you know whatever emotional upbringing I had back in the eighties and the nineties, I really was a zero sum kind of guy. I thought like, you know what? Why would I put this dime on the ground if it could help you? I should hold on to it because everyone is competition for me, and I could be potentially outfitting my competition with you know i at an unfair advantage i could be taking something away from me and giving it to you and that's gonna i you know i don't know what i thought was gonna happen but i was zero sum about it i mean it took a lot of time and therapy it's just you know maturation to become something more closer to the fair play sensibility rather than thinking of zero sum yeah i I, you know i mean wow but but i think for a lot of people that comes with privilege you know, a, I think a lot of the reason so many Americans are selfish and they're like, I get mine, steal stuff from work. I like Trump because he's going to blow up the system is because they have been screwed. I'm sorry. I still think a lot of Trump fans have a right to be angry. They have been screwed, but they're putting their hopes in all the wrong things. Oh, yeah. And you hear about this. These people are like, fuck it. Get ahead any way you can. Steal from work. Yeah. Cheat. Because everyone's cheating you. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And it's... It's easy to take that lesson when you've when you've been cheated. Everything promised to you has been taken away from you. You know, I mean, this is different from people who are always poor and always in disadvantaged communities. They grew up thinking they would never be entitled to anything. White people grew up being told they'd be entitled to everything and they get nothing or not nothing. They get a lot less than they were promised. They get right? not they get not shot and, by cops. Right. And then you, you know, as you know, it sounds to me. What you've what you've told me about your father makes me think he's that kind of person, right? Oh, yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah, that, that the the world's going to screw you. You might as well take advantage of whatever you can. But as you encountered some privilege in your life, you realized you could afford to be more magnanimous, right? Yeah, it was my, um, it was my responsibility yeah. to be more magnanimous. That to live on the planet Earth where a man like my father was doing what he was doing, that needed to be good actors who were counteracting that effort in the world with something closer to fair play. So, uh, you know, I, I think I, I would have considered jumping the line. That's my point, is that if, if I had been afforded the option, I, it would have occurred to me. But much like you, there's no way in hell I would have been active about it. Because, you know, first of all, I wasn't bold. I was definitely timid. But then also the idea that, oh, the punishment is never, any punishment, any punishment at all is never worth the risk. If I, especially if I can sit back here and just do things according to neutral, I can coast downhill at some slow speed then that's better than actually sticking my neck out and incurring some sort of wrath of authority. So you know, that's the weird thing is that I would have been all over the place as a kid. Ultimately, I would not have done anything. But, you know, it's a torturous road to get to that outcome. Florida's Department of Health and the Inspector General launching an investigation into a luxury elder care home that gave vaccines to wealthy donors and members of a nearby country club. How is the existence of vaccine line jumpers and auger of the apocalypse, the end of the world, the end of mankind, because the world ain't going anywhere. No, that's true. The world's probably like rooting for coronavirus and wants to get rid of us. <laughs> so look, let's not, let's be clear about what we're saying. It's not the end of the world. It's the end of humanity yeah. or the end of maybe, maybe the end of civilization. You know, uh, does, does the apocalypse count as roving gangs of feral humans being all that's left of the human race? I don't know. Looking for thigh meat. Well, you know, I think that uh, stepping, step thigh meat. Yeah, so that's that's the best. The best cut, I'm assuming, is the leg. Yeah, I love the specificity. Thigh meats. I'm gonna be a cannibal, but I will only eat thighs. Right. I'm very. I want that. Uh, uh, it's got to be like yeah, uh, yeah tartare. It's got to soften itself. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you, I think you'll agree with me that you know, stepping on your neighbor's face to get on a lifeboat of a sinking ship is a tradition, a hallowed tradition is as old as moral danger yep. has been on planet Well, but Earth. there there are stories about this. You literally said stepping on your neighbor's face to get a lifeboat, I think, of the Titanic, you know, 109 yeah. years ago. Yeah, Yeah. well, I mean, right. And, and I know that what we're doing is we're sliding the scale because it's not somebody running away from a fireball or an alligator or, you know, scrambling for something, a parachute. I mean, but I don't think that people are really doing a lot of the math in there. It's as if they are. It's as if they're scrambling for something that's life-saving in the moment. Um, like if they don't get the, stuck with the needle exactly, the you know, the, 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 the killer virus was going to get coughed on them the second, the second after the, after the antibodies enter their bloodstream. So um, 
you know, it's weird, Noah, but I'm going to say that, you know, to, it, it, it's hard to argue if some if someone's the impetus in their actions is to save their own life, even if it's at a torturous, uh, you, you know, even if it's at a torturous uh, logic, I assume on some part there's self-preservation. So it's weird in that, Noah, uh, I don't think that anybody who is acting in self-preservation is really a sign of the apocalypse because it's just a human instinct. Now, this mm, is, in my notes yeah. here, I, I wrote this, and I mean, this is the best place to put it, the only place I thought I could put it, but it made me think of uh, a credo I've had for a long time, I think since the 80s or 90s, where uh, one of the things in our American society that we've kind of like unearthed and sludged at other people is if they were a... Um, a draft dodger and or somebody who came up yeah. with an excuse to get out of going to Vietnam. Yeah. And yeah. I got to be honest with you. That was a big thing in the 80s and yes. even into well, Clinton's presidency. And yeah, sure. Yeah. But I, I, and it was a and look, it, it, it's such a non-issue that a, you know, even a Democrat like Obama it never came up that he didn't serve one day in uniform. And then, of course, Trump, you know, who act I mean, the exact opposite of that. But that's part of the hypocrisy of the Republican Party. But in fairness, of all the things they threw at Obama, they never really threw that at him. So whereas whereas they threw it at Clinton, so there you go. But I I uh, I, I can't. I, you know, I mean, this is a side note, but I I can never get angry at anybody who skipped Vietnam. I, and regardless of how they did it, I mean, so long as they didn't like wrap some dude in carpet and push it into the Meadowlands to do it. If 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 it was some bone spurs or whatever whatever freaking horseshit excuse people came up it's with it's the well no the bone spurs is hypocrisy that is hypocrisy how so a guy who was so i'm sorry you'll never get me not to talk shit about the worst president i hear history. you i hear you a, a guy who is so who literally says i'm the most militaristic person you will ever meet right and seems so eager to go to war with anyone who who hurts his precious feelings mm-hmm. i'm sorry that's hypocrisy. oh well i'm talking about yes it's hypocrisy thinks now. he knows more about thinks he knows more about war than the generals but fuck it, you man in 1967 1968 if somebody's doing this i if they're a kid even if he's an asshole kid or all right he, fine but then you keep your mouth shut about the war for the rest of your fucking life. Yes, it's true. And I like I but I'm just saying it's this is probably not the best place to, to litigate this, but I just I never got angry at anybody. <laughs> really? You think it's not the best place? Okay. All right. Well, I'm just saying. But uh, regardless of how they did it. But no, no, so it's not a sign the short short answer long is not a sign of the apocalypse. But what about you? Uh yeah, you bring up the excellent point. This is since time immemorial self-preservation goes back to when we were, you know, swinging through the trees and all that. But um I think, and maybe I'm still too beholden to the storybooks and the movies and the flag-waving patriotic bullshit, but I used a term before, and I didn't come up with this, that the, the virus, the pandemic called America's bluff about being a great country. I think that's a great term. That's a great turn of phrase, by the yeah, way. Yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't coin that. It was the headline of some article I read, and it you know, it's a symptom of our moral rot that when the chips were down, when crisis came, we didn't step up. We didn't put our differences aside. We didn't put our bullshit aside. You know, the number of people who couldn't even, couldn't even wear a fucking mask to deal with a crisis. You know, I get it. Sometimes I feel awkward wearing a mask, but like things are desperate. Now is, you know, you say to yourself, you'll do the right thing when you're, when the time comes. And too many Americans didn't. And this is a big example of it, that you'll do the right thing, that you will wait your turn, right? That you will you will give deference to others who need it most, right? You will sacrifice for the good of your countrymen and women. And look, this is a minority of people who are doing this. This is a loud minority of people who are cutting the line. And it's a loud, I mean, certainly where I live, it's a, la- it's a loud minority of people who won't wear a mask, Right. Uh, I mean, parts of this country, it's a loud majority or, or a silent majority, maybe. But it is a symptom of the moral rot of Americans, maybe all people, maybe Western people, that when crisis comes, when it's time to sacrifice, when it's time to wait, when it's a time to, you know, put, put not even putting your life at risk or, or little for some people putting your life at risk to wait your fucking turn and people can't even do that that might be a sign of apocalypse you know that we we destroy ourselves which is probably how every civilization fell apart right we will be very aggressive in making sure that those with means those 
with influence are not crowding out those that are most deserving of the vaccines. Noah, let's uh, slide into the close here with jealousy. Is there any aspect of this which arouses jealousy in you? No, no, I'm not jealous of the people who are gaming the system to do it. I'm not jealous of the people who are, you know, essentially maybe decent people, but but finding these loopholes and justifying to themselves, oh, they're throwing away, you know, um, vaccine. By the way, side note, the people who are saying I'm taking vaccine, throwing away the vaccine, they're actually ethicists who argue that it is morally right to take the vaccine that would have been thrown away. There is some logic to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I agree. There, yes. There's, there's, there's a debate there. There's a debate there, and I, I wouldn't do that. Um, I'm not jealous of those people because I'm not the greatest person in the world. But one thing I am proud of is that I think I do believe in fair play, and I think I am generally honest, and I think I am. You know, I'm very much into doing the right thing and waiting my turn and being generous when, I mean, I say when the sacrifice isn't great to me, but I, I feel a lot of people guess, I I guess they feel like the sacrifice is great to them, right? Um, you know, I wouldn't want to give that up because if I suddenly became an asshole throwing elbows and pushing people off the sidewalk, I feel like I would lose, you know, one of the best things about me. Yes. You know, what would be left of Noah Tarno as a as a worthy human being if I suddenly became a raging asshole overnight? And I know there are some people out there who think I'm a raging asshole, but I think most of those people don't don't know me very well. Um, <laughs> That's true. Yes. I will tell you this, Bill. One of the biggest compliments I've received in the recent past is um, someone who works for me and, uh, you know, works for me. I wouldn't say we're good friends. We haven't talked personally that much, but she took a moment when I gave her a holiday bonus to say, you are an excellent boss. Good. And that meant a lot to me yeah, because yeah. I, 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 some, I sometimes worry about that. It's fairly, it's um, fairly honest. So, if it comes from that kind of source. Yeah. Yeah. So I, 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 I don't mean get down on myself, but if I were suddenly an asshole overnight, I don't think there would be much, I don't think there would be much to recommend the Latarno. So I'm very proud of that. I hang on to that. I wear it on my sleeve and I, and I, in some ways, I pity other people who don't have that. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm, so I'm, opposite of jealousy, pity. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna confess to jealousy here for sure because yeah, all right, yeah. Here's the thing: I want to leave the house. You know, I want to go to fucking Rome. I want to travel to Switzerland. I want to go to New Jersey, Noah. But I can't. Because, yeah, but you still can't. You still can't do that. Even if you got stabbed today, it'd still be months. Yeah, but I'm sure these that. people think they could do it right away. And and I will. Uh, speaking of people, we're not going to mention. We know a friend Noah who fucking flew to South America on a full two week vacation. Yeah. So don't tell me yeah. you can't do this because you can fucking do it if you're an idiot and an asshole. I I, I still think you're too hard on her. Maybe so. Them. We're not going to specify. Okay. Anyway, uh, okay, yeah. fine. Right. She 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 doesn't listen to the show. I, Don't I can't worry about go it. to Bergen County, New Jersey, right now because first of all, it's 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 dangerous to me. But even after I got the prick in the upper arm, you prick, it's it's still insanely unsafe either way. And now and 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 I should I should you know if I haven't already specified in the course of this podcast, this episode of the whole podcast. I am also medically immunocompromised because of this drug I take for for my arthritis. So I, I actually am, you know, as much as it's an infinitesimal risk, I think, as I, I'm, you know, I am one of the people who is, who's in a risk bracket slightly higher than some fucking soul cycle teacher with an Instagram following. So, I mean, you know, I watch people live in their lives and, you know, part of the reason to move into Europe was to be able to exploit Europe. I mean, you know, with the lowercase yeah. lower yeah. e, to, to have these wonderful things, to be a good citizen of the continent and do, and do all these things. And so far, all I've seen is, again, yeah, my, my local alcoholic um, uh, 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 liquor store guy who's trying to teach me Dutch. That's what I have so far. Instead of going to Bern and, <laughs> and, and you know, Berlin and all these wonderful places, this is uh, this is my lot in life, Noah. This is, this is who you're stuck talking to right now. Since we are in the, uh, the back half here, the fallopian scale are... XYZ axis of all the topics we've talked about, we have to somehow assign a numerical value with a, with decimal points to what we think that uh, vaccine line jumpers um, somehow earn on this XYZ scale. Yeah, I, I had trouble comparing it to other topics specifically. Nothing came to mind. But I, I guess I said this is like three quarters of the way down on our continuum with all the other garbage that is awful but unsurprising. You know what I mean? I mean, I guess... What I said before, like, this might be one of the worst because 
I, you know, I think there's an argument to be made. Every civilization that has collapsed, it is because the people fought among themselves. They couldn't unite when when crisis came, right? That they destroyed themselves to some extent. I mean, I don't know what it was like when the the Visigoths sacked Rome or whatever. I might be getting details wrong there. I, I imagine part of the problem was that the Romans become so decadent that they they couldn't, you know, they couldn't build up the strength to deal with this, not just to fight the Visigoths once they showed up, but some scout said, hey, Visigoths are planning to come in the next 10 years. We need to prepare for that. Ah, oh, they'll never come. Don't bother building a wall or whatever. Um, <laughs> I right? I mean, yes. it's equivalent to how we deal with climate change now or something. And I mean, I guess, you know, pandemics are part of that. It's it's nature fighting back. So, um, yeah, just that we can't deal with problems. So I don't know. Maybe you can make an argument this is one of the absolute worst things. But simply the fact that it's unsurprising the people who made the fucking vaccines, like those people, oh my God, they came through. I was predicting like, ah, it's going to be five. I mean, I don't know anything. It's going to be five years till we get a vaccine. And, and wow, it's really impressive what they've done on that front. But people make the joke. This is, this is again, going back to high school where you make the nerds do all the work and all the jocks just glom onto the nerds work. Right. You know, and, and it's ridiculous. The only people who did a good job were the nerds and were counting on them solving everything. Well, you can't because we're all in this together, my friend. Let's not forget that Pfizer and AstraZeneca and Jensen do get paid for their work. They weren't doing this out of the kindness of their hearts. They will profit. All right, fine. Well, the, the, ner- the nerds got A's at the class as well. You know, it's not that the nerds don't get anything on it, but to put it all on their shoulders is an inefficient and obnoxious way of solving problems. So, all right, how about this? Since this is this is very sludgy. And it's a completely unneighborly thing to do. This puts everyone around you at risk because, Noah, because yeah. because you think you're exceptional. So I would rank it just below EDM. <laughs> we can't help ourselves. It is always, it is our natural uh, rhythm to go smash into EDM. Well, okay, everybody, that is the end of yet another episode. If yes. you would like to, nice, I know, right? Great. If you'd like to find past episodes of yeah. this program, not program, program, uh, look <laughs> on program. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Stitcher. Tweet to us at Noah and Bill Show. Write to us, Noah and Bill, don't get it at gmail.com. Give us a review. That's how people find our show on Apple Podcasts, which is the primary market for these things. I'm on Twitter. They haven't silenced me yet. I have been canceled. They haven't. Close down. Silence. Conservative voices are still there. Noah, it's speaking the truth. Oh, at, at William Scurry, and my video content is on YouTube. YouTube.com slash AMCaesar. And now Noah will tell you. Uh, I'm all about the big quiz thing, bigquizthing.com. Uh, private and corporate trivia events nationwide, virtual these days, in person again soon. Uh, we're doing a lot of fundraisers coming up. In fact, I'm very proud of this. And uh, uh, next week, a week from today, in fact, I'm doing. Um, uh, alumni event for my college, Carlton College, and then in April I'm doing an alumni event for my summer camp, Bucks Rock, in Connecticut. So, really nice to find ways to do my, especially in this pandemic, to take my career and, and use it to to revisit the pleasant moments in my past. So, uh, yeah, learn about us at BigQuizThing.com. Um, trivia events of all kinds all varieties the best in the business and follow us on social media as well if you're so inclined so until next week we we don't don't get get it. it a production of american caesar enterprises 2021